I love how God continues to validate ideas about this podcast to me. And I've talked about it before that like, oh, like you feel like God spoke to me and I don't think God speaks to me any differently than he does to all of you. I think that you notice it more when you are really pondering something through prayer or meditation or deep thought. And I don't know, it's just interesting. Last week I spoke a little bit about new self and being made in the image of God and that it isn't really a different person that you want to become, but you're looking to become the image of God that he created you to be. And I think I brought up Saul and Paul, and it got me thinking, like, oh my goodness, this is somebody that we really take for granted. He wrote an enormous amount of the New Testament through letters to the different places he visited, and it's really quite fascinating, and I think there's a lot of really good stuff that we can learn by really looking at Paul through the lens of just any of us. So back to the God talking to me thing. I had finished last week's podcast and really thought about Paul a little bit. Then I went to church on Sunday and the epistle was, of course, a scripture that Paul wrote, but it was specifically about, no, it was not. It was Acts, and it was the story of Stephen, um, who got stoned to death, and along the sidelines of the stoning was this man named Saul holding the coats of the people that were stoning this guy to death. Saul, we know, then becomes Paul. And the the crazy thing is, is that was the very thing that God really put on my heart after I finished the podcast last week is, oh my goodness, this man, Saul, who is passionate about his Jewish religion and heritage and schooling. This man is a like a high rabbi and held in very high esteem. And he is absolutely adamant about these Christians preaching the word of Jesus Christ, and he's not going to have it. And yet on the road to Damascus, Christ himself, who created Saul in the image of God, knowing that that image was really more like Paul than who Saul was acting like. And thus the story of Paul begins. 
And my brain is just thinking in all of these amazing letters that he writes to the different cities that he vi- visits and the and the different places he goes behind this man is this story that has to haunt him and yes Jesus Christ appears to him and chooses him and picks him and forgives him. But I think you can always see this edge of Paul really striving to share his story without like making it all about him. You know what I mean? I know for me, often, even in this podcast or in life, I often make it all about me, my story or what I learned or what I think I know or whatever. And that's not always the right way to go about it because it isn't about me. It's about Jesus. And Paul has a really good handle on this. And the other thing that made me sort of think of this is I told you I listened to the book Limping with God by Chad Bird. And Chad goes through the whole story of Jacob, who also gets a new name by God, which is Israel. And it is at the moment where he has wrestled with God. And so he ends up with a limp. Great story. I'm not going to get into it, but maybe another time. However, Chad Bird really depicts this human in quite a way of like we would talk about people we know. And I think the funny thing is, he's got a good point. Like, these are real life people that when you really consider all the things that are going on in their life, it kind of makes sense that they act the way they do or behave the way they do. And I think that's sort of, again, what brought me to thinking about Paul, like this is a man who watched somebody get murdered and lit, and legitimately did nothing about it. In fact, assisted in sort of a secondary way by letting everybody like, you know, I'll hold everybody's coat, which I think is weird. Wonder why he didn't participate. Um, He certainly seemed like super zealous for it. But that had to have been haunting, Um, particularly the way that Stephen did die in terms of he forgives the people stoning them, him, while they are doing it. The sky also opens up and he sees Christ. And I don't know if anybody else could see that, but it was like, 
Jesus giving Stephen a glimpse of like a foreshadowing of what was coming to almost be able to endure the fact that people were throwing rocks at him. And then he commends his spirit to Christ and he falls asleep. Like, you know, who, who's to say maybe a big rock smacked him in the head and he dies right there. I don't know, but it sounds like it went pretty swiftly, but he forgives people. And Saul slash Paul witnesses that, and it's got to have an impact at that moment. And it's got to eat at him as he continues these efforts to hunt down Christians. Now we get to Jesus coming to the road to Damascus and calling Saul to be a disciple. And maybe that's when the light goes off. <laughs> and I'm busting a gut because the light legit went off because Christ came in a very bright light, so bright that it blinded Paul. But maybe the light bulb in his head went off as he's thinking about Stephen and Stephen forgiving the people who killed them. And here is Christ in front of somebody who is persecuting Christ and loving on him. Like, must clearly life changing. And Saul becomes Paul, and the story is pretty awesome. It just makes me think that's a long pause for dramatic effect. Not really. It's because my brain is working on overtime right now. But I called this podcast more to the story because we all have more to our story. And sometimes it's situational. Sometimes it goes deeper than that. Sometimes it is, um, you know, a lifetime of struggle or, you know, relearning and learning and trying something over and over again and not getting it right and being frustrated. Sometimes it is um, events that change the course of our life. My mom always says that God writes straight with crooked lines. And those crooked lines often are caused by us taking the lead or wanting our will to be done or trying to control life instead of turning it over to God and his will for our life. And when you think about that, why, why do we do it? Why do I do it? Why do I every day think I'm going to be in charge of my day and take control of this or that or whatever, when it's so much easier to pray, thy will be done. We are such 
humans. We are such sinners that we are worthless without God. We have got to completely rely on a God who made us and created us and wants to help us be the best we can be. Paul was a pretty big rule follower because he was a Jewish rabbi who followed the law. So when Christ comes into Paul's life and says, it isn't anything that you do. It is my death and resurrection that I do for you. And so it, he says, Christ is the end of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. That's Romans 10 verse 4. And it doesn't mean that we now are above the law. That is not the way it is at all. Because when you love Christ, you want to do the right thing. You want to follow the laws. You want to follow the rules. You want to be a good citizen, all those kinds of things. Um, Kind words, nice manners, as my daughter tells her children. Absolutely. We do want to be good people. Um, and law-abiding citizens. But sin is sin is sin. And, yep, we have a little bit of a scale of sin on earth to balance life on earth because you can't go around killing people and say, oh, but I'm forgiven. You know, there are consequences to our sin. And God allows those consequences to happen. But on the other hand, too, somebody may be living out a consequence of their sin, perhaps in prison or jail. I know those two sound like the same thing, but you know what I'm saying? One is like federal prison. The other one is just like a um, local sentence, you know, spend the night in the, (laughs) spend the night in jail and you're out. But somebody might be living the consequence and still be 100% forgiven. Somebody might have the consequence of being a drug addict or an alcoholic or you know, um, a smoker, um, overeating, um, things that do things to our body that have consequences. Um, even things that are, if you're an obsessive compulsive exerciser or, you know, whatever, there's, there are consequences And yet God forgives us of all the things that are sinful, disease. And you know what? We don't say that somebody who has cancer is sinful. Of course not. But cancer is the result of sin in the world. 
And God is in charge of that too, is in control, is bigger than. Christ took all sickness and disease with him to the cross. And while some people will be like, oh, you know, they lost their battle to cancer. I don't look at it that way. I say God just said no more. Like God wins because they scoop that person up from this ugly world and bring them to heaven, which is perfect. And so he says no more. So God always wins over cancer. And I digress a little bit only because of Paul saying that Christ is the end of the law. Because Christ took all of that to the cross. And when we believe in Christ, it is the end of the law. We don't have to fight so hard to make sure that we are following everything to the last degree of whatever, because we can't do it. But instead, if we work to love God and love people, we most likely will figure out a way to follow the rules as best we can. feel like I'm talking in circles. I'm hoping that that's making sense. Now I have the song, Will You Go Round in Circles, in my head, because I know I ramble, and then after I ramble, then I get off on a tangent, and then the tangent causes me to think of how ridiculous I am, and then a song pops in my head, or a joke, or something ridiculous, to take away from the fact that I was rambling. But, to bring it back to Paul... Paul continues to share all the things we need to know about Christ's love and Christ's forgiveness and our salvation. And he does it in a way that always points to Jesus Christ and not himself. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 is my favorite, one of my absolute favorites, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And it's true that we accept this beautiful gift and we proclaim it and yet we don't have to do anything. We don't have to be baptized. We don't have to ever take communion. We don't have to ever go to church. We don't have to sing Kumbaya. Isn't that funny? Kumbaya, like does anybody sing that anymore? I think they should. It's so good. Anyways, you don't have to do all the things people to tell tell you to do or any of it. Like your relationship with Christ is yours. And all of those things are good things. They really are. 
They're just not have-tos. The Bible is going to point us to what Jesus wants us to do. And if he wants us to do it, by all means, let's do it. Love God and love people. And in loving God, Jesus showed us the things that are important. And getting baptized is important. Getting, taking communion is important. He says, do this in remembrance of me. Paul tends to even sometimes go to the nth degree on, you know, if you're going to take communion, you better know what you're doing. And, you know, otherwise you're not taking it for the right reason. This is a guy who's finding it so sacred and he's passionately telling us about that, which tells us we should probably pay attention. I also like that in Romans 10, he says, for there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The, sa- the same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Like he just spells it out for us. It is accepting this beautiful gift of Jesus Christ, our Savior, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God, the three in one, all together in one God who created heaven and earth. And when man and woman ruined it, he comes up with a plan to save them because he loves us so, so much. And so Jesus comes in the picture. And I think it's one of those situations, you've probably heard the story about the bird that keeps running into the window and the person was like, oh, I just wish I could go outside and be a bird and show them what to do. Well, that was exactly what God did for us. He comes down in human flesh and shows us how to live a perfect life and love our God. And Jesus did all those things and showed us what to do and then even simplified it. Then after he dies um, on the cross and goes to hell and resurrects from the dead and ascends into heaven, he's still coming back to Paul to continue this ministry in somebody who was a devout Jew and was so legalistic and was so adamant that that was the way to go. And then Jesus says, hey, I'm I'm the one you're persecuting. And then Paul comes to know Christ and it is he's so passionate about it. That is also the Holy Spirit in this world because the Holy Spirit is present and that is what moves us and that is what tells us what is right and wrong and that is what helps me hear the contextual clues that God gives me to do this podcast. Cool stuff, right? It is pretty cool stuff. But interestingly enough, there is a little bit of a hint on Paul's backstory when 
he becomes a Christian. And Jesus has basically blinded him by the light. And he goes into Jerusalem. And there's a man named Ananias. And God calls to Ananias and says, Hey, go to Saul and, you know, put your hands on his eyes and and heal him. That's the short cliff note version. Ananias is like, no, 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 not going to do it, not going to do it, not going to do it. He's like, Paul's mean. Like Saul, this guy's, he like killed people. Like he watched Stephen get murdered. I'm not going to go because he'll probably drag me into the town square and they'll stone me. And God is like, Ananias, seriously, do what I tell you to do. And he does. And Paul doesn't kill him because he now knows Jesus. But the truth is there's a couple spots where like people are like, whoa, Saul, I heard of him. And we know that to be true. We know that when somebody gets divorced, there's always somebody that's like, mm, she used to be married before. Um, or, you know, if they lose their job or um, if they get a drunk driving or, you know, if they're arrested for anything, um, people make mistakes. People sometimes make really bad mistakes, like watching somebody get stoned to death. It's pretty much human nature to judge and gossip. And thank you, Jesus, for forgiving us all and helping us to strive to not want to be that person who gossips or is ugly. It's so much better to extend grace and mercy like Christ extends grace and mercy on us. And so this week, your job is to look for those opportunities to extend grace and mercy, to look for an opportunity not to be concerned with somebody's backstory, but to be concerned with who they are right in front of you and consider that they're doing the best that they can considering all the things that have gone on in their life. And, and for us to just really work hard to be better humans, more Christ-like, you know what I mean? Sometimes when I'm being a little catty and I say something, my sister will say, oh, well, did you ever think of this? Or I always thought that person was really nice. Or maybe they just have something going on. Like she'll point out something good about somebody if I'm being kind of cruddy. And I appreciate that. My mom for sure would, my, my mom would do it real like, like, meow, meow, where's the milk? Like basically saying, don't be so, um, 
catty and ugly and rude. Um, and it is great to have people like that in your life. Judy is a friend who is like, okay, if we are feeling ugly about something, we need to be more like Jesus and we need to really pray for that person. I am grateful for all of you. Um, Brian, you're kind of that kind of person. And Paul, no doubt you give people the benefit of the doubt. I am so grateful to the all of my listeners, um, Trudy, Phyllis, Sherry, Leslie, Leah, Becca. Oh my gosh. And I'm always looking for new listeners. So if you are a listener and I don't shout you out very often or never, or I don't even know you listen, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at hippiechristianwhocares at gmail.com. Yep, it's a full sentence, but I would love to hear from you. I am grateful that all of you listen. I'm grateful to be part of some of your story and to have been blessed enough to pray for some of the things that might hinder our life and hinder the way we move forward. But because you love Jesus, you have asked for prayer. And I always find that to be a gigantic blessing. So also, if you need prayer, I'm always an email away. And if you have my phone number, call me. Um, always willing to pray because I think that is extremely important too. And I'm so super grateful that all of you listen and sometimes get a glimpse into my backstory. So Romans chapter 10 really became the scripture that I focused on and I thought I was going to share way more from some of the other books that Paul wrote in the Bible. But somehow, just these few verses in chapter 10 seem to get the point across. I also want to share from chapter 10, verse 15. It says, And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So let's give that good news this week. Let's share that good news, whether it is straight out in your witness to somebody, sharing who Jesus is with somebody, or in your kindness, in your ability to realize that we all have a backstory and that everybody needs Jesus's grace and mercy. Have a wonderful week. I'll be excited to speak with you all again next week. Keep coming back. You are important to me.